This is a standard nerds podcast. Don't get a cat. Want to kill some mice? Get a snake. Or a mouse trap. Sure. I was just going to say, TJ comes out and has a really moving scene with her yeah. where he says, you don't have to get married if you don't want to. And she says, you know what? I don't have to get married if I don't want to. And they agree that, you know. She doesn't have to get married if she doesn't want exactly. to. Exactly. Yes. I was moved. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, episode four, um, and it's Liz's choice. Liz is with me as ever. Hello, Liz. Hi, Will. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you very much. Good, good. Um, so, Liz, it's your choice this week. Yes. I am a bit nervous. Okay. I I told you what it is. You did. Spats is my, my most beloved show from when I was a kid. <laughs> I, it was a live-action show... Uh, it was set in a, like a burger joint. Yeah. And um, it was and it was a comedy and it was just so funny. And I loved it so, so much. And I, I've never rewatched it. But I do, I know it's out there, but I've never rewatched any. See, I, I don't think I've watched as much as kid. I think I have, I have brief memories of it. I have brief memory of like the intro, which I think was quite a, Quite a decent. Intro. The intro, I think, is iconic. It's like almost like a jazz-like um, sort of piano. Like you can you tap to that. It was yes, like, yeah. Nice music to tap to. And I think I maybe I seem to remember that this was not shot on like a set on like a TV studio set. This was actually shot in like a proper like on location in a proper burger restaurant. That's such an that's such a specific memory to have. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. I I could watch a show. Right now, come and sit here, and I wouldn't know if it was sh- shot on location. No, what are you saying to me? Right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking okay, about. But like in the way that, like you know, Grange Hill and Bike Grove weren't shot in like a TV studio where they made a setup. It was actually shot in a real building. You know, out on like was location. it? That's what I think. Remember, it was yeah. This is new information to me. You could ask me this about a show I've seen a billion right. times. Okay, you know when you watch like unless most... there's like grass in it, then I think <laughs> okay, this is on location. But you know when you watch most sitcoms, particularly from the eighties and nineties, and it's basically it's the whole idea is it's a setup. We have a live audience sat behind, and they look at what is effectively a flat thing through a fourth wall, and it's there. And every, and all the apartments are impossibly long spaces because everyone has to there, and the camera has to pan back and forth across the two. You're talking about this. All I want to talk about is tap dancing on a burger. Okay. That was the intro. Right, okay. Somebody tap danced on a burger. They had like a, a, a cane and a top hat, I believe. In that, that the logo for... And that that sort of forms the logo. Right. Yeah, but yeah, they tap dance on a burger in the intro. And for the longest time, actually, because we're of an age where we watched things when we were young, and then there was kind of a, a an internet gap. Yeah. Uh, where we couldn't Google things because Google wasn't really a thing. Yeah, Google didn't exist and um, YouTube didn't exist. <laughs> yes. So in the in the gap, in the dark ages of my lifetime, I forgot what the show was called and I called it the show with the person who dances on a burger. That was so... That image much, stayed with me so much. Much more awkward title. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't turn out to be called that. But um, I actually bonded with one of my friends at uni when I told them that one of my favourite shows was had an intro where somebody dances on a burger, and they told me the name of the show. Oh! And and we we both love the same show. We both 
both went into comedy, you know, like mm. very briefly in my case, um, uh, unless you're enjoying this podcast, in which case, yeah, here I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Available but, for your booking yeah. needs. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, so it, I, I really think this show was formative in okay. me wanting to become a comedian. Wow, all right. And I absolutely adored it. Okay, see. So if we go back to this now and it's shit, I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> I think it will mess with my self-worth. <laughs> this is a very high-stakes podcast. Maybe we shouldn't go back to We're absolutely fun. doing this. How much do you remember actually about the content of the show? I, I've, I have vague memories of the characters. So now, as I've just said to you with my... You know, memory of things being shot on location. I don't, I don't, I don't remember things that other people remember. Right. So I wouldn't remember the plot lines. I remember there's. <laughs> okay, so you're just going to delve into my brain now, right? Okay. There's a woman with a big face who I think is American. Right. There is a woman with curly black hair. Uh, there is a young guy. I seem to remember a young black guy. I want to say always messing up but I could be wrong about that. Okay. Um, I seem to remember the woman with the big face was kind of like in charge. She was bossy. She was a bossy boots. Right. Was okay. this set in America or is this set in Britain? No, it's in Britain. Okay. It's British made. They're all British. Apart from her, she's American. I believe she's in Red Dwarf in um, a scene where Lister is in the holodeck and he's like a gangster and he's getting off with her. Oh, okay. I know the face, yeah. I just, I just call it a holodeck. That's, that's TNG. I'm sorry, nerds. I'm sorry, nerds. <laughs> I think I... you outed your nerd grinch by saying TNG. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. At no, least no, I didn't say TOS out. because there's a limit. Um, no. Uh, so those are the characters I remember, them being my favourites. And I, I just remember them being really funny. Okay. Just like having japes. Like they were, they were all young. They're all working at a burger bar. These are all the employees. Right. And um, I, they're all just having fun. And I think when I went to a real job, it was probably a bit like this, you know, yeah. all just kind of messing around, like didn't care if you got sacked because it isn't the end of the world, that yeah. kind of thing. I, I just remember this with pure, pure joy. Aww. And I, I cannot, I cannot have this not be good now. If you watch this and you're like, didn't like it, it's all going to be over for us. <laughs> high stakes. It's a high stakes oh, podcast. This is a high stakes podcast. I mean, just I'm... to be clear, we are married. Yeah. Uh, we're not actually going to get divorced if he doesn't like spats. <laughs> he won't tell me because. Uh... Because he has no spine. <laughs> exactly. Uh... Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that because yeah, you know, because you've you you know you've said it, it's you remember being a very funny show. I'm hoping that in the great tradition of kids TV, it will be full of terrible jokes because you know how much I love you do terrible love terrible jokes. jokes. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping it'll be full of very clever jokes, and I'll go right. Yes, this is exactly where I got my sense of what a comedy should be from. I'm excited about this because, because this, I think, particularly as a comedy, I can't remember that many kids' shows that were, like, live shows that were out-and-out comedies. Like, I can remember, like, dramas that had elements of comedy in them, like Grange Hill, Biker Grove, things like that. I can remember, like, entertain, like game show-style things that were designed to be funny. Yeah. And, you know, cartoons and things. But I can't remember that many live, you know, acted shows with real people that were set up to be 
a comedy, like almost yeah. like a sitcom for kids. Yeah, I do think this was an outlier. I think it was a sitcom for kids, but I think actually um, it got repeated at some point later on okay. because adults watched it. I think I'm really setting the bar high. Well, see, if that's true, I mean, that says to me the jokes are good. Yeah, uh, we can hope. Yeah. You know, this is the 90s, so there was a much lower bar for what <laughs> would make people laugh. Yeah, this was the People only of... had, like, four channels, you know. Oh, yeah. You remember the... when Channel 5 launched? I do. I do remember that. And the fact that I remember You young that... people. There used to be a time before there were five channels. Yeah. Where terrestrial was your only option. I still don't feel I've started watching Channel 5. No. You know, so I'm a <laughs> bit of a newbie. Could go still either not, way. not sure. <laughs> I don't want to commit and get into it in case nah. it gets cancelled. Nah, exactly. exactly. You never know. You never know. Let's go and watch Spats. All right, we're going to go watch Spats. And we're going to pick up the episodes from various points throughout its run and we will report back. Duncan, I'm blind. And we're back. So we've watched uh, two episodes of Spats, I believe. The first episode. Yes. And um, an episode from the second series, which might be, I don't know where. Sort of mid, mid, mid second mid series. Mid second series. Um, what did you think, Liz? Woo! <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I really enjoyed watching it. I wanted to so much. I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed it too. I thought it was really good, actually. This is a classic. I mean, I just think this is such a good show. I just. Yeah, this is. I I I really thought this was potentially going to be one of those ones that's just full of dated references, and we, there are some of those. Yeah, um, but I thought it was going to be you know all just like just jam packed with like, hey, I've got the new new kids on the block album. It's so hip and fresh, <laughs> yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but what you're thinking of is American television, right? Yeah, but you can't have product placement in the. Uh, in the UK. So I think all those sort of reference type things are much more like generic. So yeah. I think it works, you know, like they would just be listening to the music. That, that'll explain why in the second episode we watched um, one of the characters who's not on screen is driving a Hillman imp. <laughs> <laughs> not, not VW golf or, you know, like an XR three or one of those cars from like sort of the late eighties, early nineties, yeah. but a Hillman imp. That now, is a joke, and it's a good joke. <laughs> I am too young to even really know what a Hillman imp is, <laughs> but I still appreciate the joke. To put it in context, my dad had a Hillman imp. Okay. My grandfather had a Hillman imp. <laughs> <laughs> my great uncle also had a Hillman imp. As I was watching this, I was thinking, um, these people that I'm watching are probably closer to our parents' generation than they are to mine. Oh, yeah. I because mean, this show was actually on when I was about two, so I don't know how I remember it. Um, but they're they're supposed to be like nineteen twenty. Yeah. So I don't. They're they're closer to my parents' age than mine. Well, that's it. Like these characters are born in about nineteen seventy, which. Oh, it's terrifying to think of now. It is. It really is. Um, but I thought this was a really good show, actually. It's a fantastic show. I loved it. Okay, so just to go back on what I said, I did remember some of the characters. There was a guy, I couldn't remember his name, but his name turns out to be Dexter. Yeah. And I said something like, oh, I thought he was always messing up. And even as I was saying it, I wasn't sure that's what I meant. He's not always messing up. He's kind of always in charge of, like, 
schemes. He is doing the bulk of the physical comedy work. Yes, in yeah. this series, like like certainly episodes we watched, he is jumping over counters, he is flying into cupboards, he yeah. is banging on things. A lot of energy. It's a, a lot, lot of, of energy to his performance. Yeah, yeah. kudos. He um, is one of the only ones who's kind of gone on, I think, and been a Vaz Blackwood. Vaz Blackwood is a, it. So that's one of the things you go back and watch this, and you're like, "Oh, okay, some of these people are famous yeah. <laughs> because you, you don't remember that." Um, but yeah, he's gone on, and um, yeah, he's fantastic in it. I didn't remember the character of Stanley. Stanley's doing a kind of knockoff Neil from the Young Ones. <laughs> it is. It's a bit Neil from the Young Ones. It's a bit Ron Weasley from early Harry Potter films. Well, it's 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 proto Ron Weasley. <laughs> It's a little bit. What's the? There's another character I'm kind of thinking of. It's you know, it's that kind of slightly idiotic, slightly dense one. It's a little Rodney from Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, as well. maybe a bit of that. Yeah, it's it's the denseness. He's I, he was very funny to me. Yeah. In this. Oh yeah. I really He's got some of the him. best jokes. Yeah. He's got absolutely some of the best writing. Is pointed towards Stanley. Yeah. Um. So, and I also didn't remember Debbie seems to have been in it all the time i think she's 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 maybe like the pretty girl she's very very pretty mm. and she's sort of like they all have funny lines they genuinely all have funny lines but she's less of a comic yeah character yeah. And more of a kind of um put upon by the others you know? yeah she's 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 more of that taking that 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 straight role than you know than the others are like sort of the comic foils that kind of stuff but you know i i thought you know there's i want to talk briefly about T.J. Strickland. Yes. Another thing that I got wrong was I kept saying Americans. And they're very clear on this point. Canadian. Canadian. I <laughs> fact, think... The number of times that's referenced that first episode, right, okay, it's key that they're Canadian. Yeah, they're making it very now, there clear. There must be some reason why it was Canadian. I have no idea. Well, actually, no, I, I do know. I think I know. Is it a Canadian production? It's a Canadian BBC joint production. So, right. Well, not, I don't think, not BBC. It's like Canadian and because it was CITV. So it must be like Canadian and ITV yeah. joint production. Um, yeah. So obviously there's like the, the, the British people are like, oh, yeah, they're all the same to us. Yeah, and you get that from the opening credits there, where it's like he's in an office wearing a baseball cap with the Canadian flag on it. He's got a Canadian flag on the wall and another one on his desk. So it's like, right, yeah. just just to be clear, yes. there are no Americans here. No, absolutely didn't work on me. I totally misremembered it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yep, Americans. But the, they, but they, yeah, I got it. We're clear now. We're clear now. Yeah. I, I thought it was really good. There's a few things I, I, I. Points to do and talk about. You want to? You, are you going to try and bring up negatives no, with me? No, 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 not negative at all. Just questions for you. Um, Spats. Yes. Excellent introduction. The guy tap dancing I, on I, a burger. Tap dancing on a burger. I told you it was iconic. Yep. I told you that if I've misremembered that and there isn't a guy dancing on a burger, I think I told you it's off air. But I was like, you know, it's all over. <laughs> with this podcast, won't go out. It's cancelled. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I love that he's tap dancing and then suddenly looks up like, oh shit! And there's a burger bun coming down on top of him. Amazing. So he jumps out of the way. Amazing. Okay. Changed Very, my life. <laughs> what I love about that is at some point someone has gone, like, okay, there's a, someone in a writer's room has called this spats for a reason. Yeah. And then, so I'm wondering, is it, they had this guy who could tap dance and saw an image of someone tap dancing on a burger mm. and they went, okay, well, let's call the burger bar spats or taps or something like that. Um, or did they come up with a burger bar named Spats and then go, right, now we need a title sequence that says that? That title sequence is good, but surely you don't build your programme around the title sequence. No, I'm just saying, like, Spats seems like an odd name for a burger bar. 
Uh, like so, particularly like a Canadian burger bar. Like maybe if it it's was, a pun in like, Canada. If it was Moosey Joe's burger bar, I'd be like, okay, fair enough, that makes sense. So spats are the like the things on the feet, aren't they? The white. Yeah, they're white things you put over your shoes. Over the shoe, and the tap dancer, uh, you know, yeah, usually has them. Mm. That's a look. Yeah, tap dancers and gangsters from the thirties. There's no spats. There's no like second meaning to spats, is there? I mean, there may be because this is spats with a Z. I mean, that was just well, like a 90s just edgy. 90s cool, okay? <laughs> it's 90s cool. That's just, and this program, I, f- I feel like it is 90s cool. It's not in the American way of like Saved by the Bell, yeah. where everybody's the most fashionable. But I feel like there's this thing in it of like, like the cast is mostly young, like this 19 to 20 age, not that bothered about work because it's yeah. that kind of job. And I just think they're cool. They're all I, cool. And this is the thing. It's like, like I said in the intro, and, and you, know, you laughed at this, but um, the fact that I remember it being filmed in like a real burger bar in a shopping centre. But it's not, is it? That's a set. No, that first one I think actually is. I, okay. I don't want to argue about this <laughs> because... This seems like such an obscure thing for you to have ever thought of. But, so, uh, right, okay, so the cast, we have uh, Debbie, who's really beautiful. We have um, Stanley, who's Neil from The Young Ones. We have uh, Dexter, who, as I say, he's like, yeah, he's doing all the physical comedy, you're right. And he's like, he has always got a like plan for everything. The one who's always like... The wheeler dealer. The wheeler dealer is Vince. Yeah. Vince is a wheeler dealer. Um, and then there's there there's a different second woman. Yes. So in the first episode, I can't even remember her name. I don't think they she said her name. She gets no screen time whatsoever. None whatsoever. None I'm whatsoever. sure she does as a series go. My Ling, I believe, is the actress. The actress name, I think. The actress, yeah. And then in the second series, it's switched to Katie Murphy, yes. which is again the actress's name. She plays Freddie. She plays Freddie, yes. And I think I always thought it was cool that she had a boy's name. Like, there's something so cool. Well, she seems really cool. She is cool. Like, nowadays, you would bat an eyelid at somebody having a you know the other sex's name but in the 90s a girl called freddie that was so cool to yeah. me and she was she was she she's, was she's um liverpool scottish okay <laughs> i'm not great on accents <laughs> she's scottish i think she might even be from glasgow are you um, serious yeah she's definitely scottish oh, do you know what i think i get her mixed up with the woman from watching Right, okay. Which you've never seen. No, I've never seen By the look in your eye. No. Yeah, okay. No, you're right. She is Scottish. I did know that. Yeah. I'm not great with accents. Uh, <laughs> but but no, she is the cool one, though, because she's, 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 you know, jumping up on the counters and she's, you know... There's a lot of jumping on counters, isn't a there? Lot of jumping it's ca- not that hygienic. No, I mean, this is a question I had. I mean, it... Health and safety how... wasn't such a big thing in the early 90s. Does this restaurant actually serve anyone any food? Yeah, I have to say, in both the episodes we watched, not a single customer was served. No, I mean, is that like... Not a single one. Was that like a staple of the series where actually they were permanently like struggling for business and yet somehow they stayed open? Um, and that's why TJ's boss is always coming to you know chew him up and spit him out. And I don't know. I think so. Because they're the first, so Spats is most supposed to be a, like a mega chain, like yeah, a kind of 2, McDonald's. Two thousand restaurants. It's supposed to be like a big thing, like a McDonald's or a Burger King type of thing. But this is its first London restaurant, first UK restaurant. They yeah, say. okay, UK restaurant, first one in London. Um, so I think it is meant to be that they're not quite making a success of it, 
But I do think they serve some customers in the episodes. We just didn't get any of that in these ones. Yeah, I think they, they must at some point. I mean, Vaz Blackwood in the second episode is cooking some burgers. And I'm proud of those are good-looking burgers. Those yeah, are yeah, decent-sized, yeah. proper beef burgers he's cooking off there. They look really good. <laughs> um, I was like, man, I'd go for that burger. <laughs> but he's also like, he's also like, this. he's cooking burgers like, we're going to open soon. Why are you cooking them now? You're not open yet. Yeah, they don't cook to order, apparently, at Spats. <laughs> I, I did maybe, notice that. Maybe that's a flaw in the business model. Maybe. Maybe people don't want cold burgers. That might be it. That might be everyone's going to um, uh, Jim from Vicar of Dibley Outdoors with okay. his hot dogs. That was such an awesome cameo. So the second episode we watched, uh, the guy who plays Jim Trot in Vicar of Dibley turns up as a rival, he's got a market stall called selling Frank's Furters. He's, his name is Frank. He's got market stall selling hot dogs called Frank's Furters. Right, a, a much more okay. That's why that's called that name than Spats. I still can't figure out why Spats is called. Spats is cool. I know it is cool, but why is it called Spats? Well, I don't know. Will I like, was going to say why is X called X, but then I could think of a reason like, for all of them. Like, well, in the first episode, they have the the owner's wife, and her name is like Frippinelli. Mrs. Frippinelli. Mrs. Frippinelli. Yeah. Um, from, the, uh, from Calgary. Yeah. From Calgary. <laughs> yeah. You got a problem with that? No, no problem at all. No yeah, problem good. at all with that. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, my my favorite. I think was when she saw the snake and um, she go back. But the first episode. I think you should. I think you should say what that episode was about okay. before you say that. Right, the first episode we watched is the first episode of Spats, and they are about to open the restaurant. Um, it's the opening day. They are a staff member down. The restaurant is not finished. There are um, some hilarious builders, hilarious who, builders who walk off the job. Yep, very, very typical English builders who turn up at nine, have an hour-long tea break, have breakfast, have another tea break, do no work. I laughed. I laughed. Yep, it was good. It was good. Um, and basically, because they're a person short, TJ's boss um, is like, "So I'm going to kill you, and you'll you'll be dead, and I'm going to fire you, everything else." She goes off to get Mrs. Frappinelli from the airport. Um, <laughs> TJ finds Stanley knocking on the door looking for we don't know what, hires him on the spot, um, gets him into a uniform. Stanley won't put this bag down. Stanley's like, I can't put down my bag. Everyone thinks it's got his lunch in it for some reason. Turns out actually he's carrying a snake around in a bag. Of course. Of course he is. And the snake gets loose in the restaurant. So they're all trying to find this snake while Mrs. Frepinelli is doing her visit and she's hitting on TJ and they're trying to get her out before she notices the snake. Um, and then she obviously does notice the snake when it starts crawling towards her. Yeah. Crawling? Slithering? Slithering. Slithering, Slithering. towards her. Um, and TJ thinks on his feet and says he didn't want a repeat of what happened in the Frankfurt branch with the mice. <laughs> so he was going to get a cat, but you can't trust cats. So. As everyone knows. Absolutely. Everyone who's got a dog knows it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, can you trust cats? I feel like cats No, are... they've got their own... They've got their own shit going on. Yeah, but I feel when it comes to mice, cats are like pretty... No! Do you know how many people get cats to kill mice and then the cat's like, no, do you know what? I'm going to sit on my ass all day, wait for you to feed me, right? <laughs> cats have got their own shit. They're on their own agenda, right? <laughs> what he says makes total sense to me. Don't get a cat. Want to kill some mice? Get a snake. Or a mousetrap. Sure. <laughs> but anyway... So, um, so but basically, he comes up with this with this plan, and and everything goes off without a hitch. But there's well, a I brilliant enjoy... bit. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was, uh, this is what I got onto with Frappinelli, where she, 
has the snake and she looks at it and goes, the snake reminds me of my husband's first wife. Yep. Classic. <laughs> classic humour. <laughs> no, I enjoy most is uh, Stanley, when asked why he has his snake, said, I was taken to the vets. I thought he'd put his back out. <laughs> Which is a great, stupid joke. What an amazing joke. I loved it. Okay, I know I was criticising you. Last episode of this podcast, I was criticising you for liking bad jokes. But I I loved the bad jokes This this this. has got, like, that when when we, okay, when we did Mask, right, it was just puns. It was just puns. Yes, exactly. And they they were... I will admit, weak puns at best. Weak puns. I'm not into weak puns. <laughs> but these actually were really good bad jokes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It is funny. I'm not going to lie. There's a bit in the second episode where Deb's is Deb's supposed to get married in the second episode, and she says to Stanley, you go out there and tell my mother, this wedding is off. Capital O, capital F, capital F, off. And he goes out and goes, the wedding is capital F, capital O, capital O. The wedding is foo. That's just stupid, but it did make me laugh. Okay, that didn't actually make me laugh. I thought that was really weak, but you know, it caters to all types of humour. I, I tell you what was what was a better better line. Your son's thicker than a Christmas bar of fruit and nut. Excellent. That <laughs> is. So... If you want to know the humour of Britain, that is it. In the nineteen nineties, Britain, when big bars of fruit and nut were a thing. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Okay, so if we're going to talk about 90s, can we talk about Debbie's wedding dress? Absolutely, we can talk about Debbie's wedding dress. Because Debbie, um, she's meant to be getting married. She is very young. She's been together with him since school. Her her mother and mother-in-law-to-be have, you know, forced the two young'uns to get married. Which just seems like a thing parents wouldn't do. I don't know. It was the 90s. I think that was within the realms of possibilities. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the 1890s. Mm, I think I think parents have more influence than you think. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just still seemed off for me. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think obviously it's condensed. This is a child show that has to take place in 25 minutes Mm -hmm. and in this they want the conceit of she's about to get married and holding the wedding (laughs) they have to work pretty quickly that's true so yeah it's at the behest of the mums but um debbie doesn't go through with it we get this scene where she's out the back of spats so it's kind of like an alleyway and she's banging on all the doors trying to get somewhere and then she just sits down on some steps and cries and she's in this big it's like the style of the diana dress but it's all in lace she's got her like fluffy hair she's got 400 layers of veil she looks like a 90s dream she's so 90s but yet so beautiful and perfect (laughs) i was like i'm actually like it's like if you've watched You've Been Framed yes. and there's all like the 90s videos on there and it's people in their 90s wedding and, you know, there's either a kid slips over and pulls a table down or they're trying to off the bride up and the cake and everything collapses and the cake falls on and all that stuff. And you always look at those dresses and think, oh, those dresses look That's rough now. That's a big right. dress. Debs is showing you how you wear a 90s wedding dress. She is. Debs is doing it. It, was, it is a big, big dress, but she's so beautiful in that scene. I was like, oh... Bless her heart. I was honestly, I was a bit like, you know what? You don't need to get married. And then for some reason, the manager, who's called TJ, as we uh, mentioned, he's Canadian, um, he was going to be the best man. Because TJ is the Jeff from Biker Grove of Spats. 
He's the adult. They all look to... The, uh, yeah, yeah, he's their know, adult they all, figure. They all take even the mick out of him for being... he's about five years older yeah, than they are. Yeah, it's, he's, like, they all take the mick out of him for being the old guy yeah. and, you know, being boring yeah. and being a square and all this stuff. But actually, he's their best mate and, you know... He lends them money. Yeah. He's always there for them. Well, he gives them money. He gives them, gives them money. He lets them off whatever, you know, is wrong or whatever. He lets them off. Yeah, yeah so he's the good boss. It's like Plus, good he's boss, He's Canadian, boss. so he's permanently nice. Yeah, but Jennifer Calvert's supposed to be Canadian as well. Is he? I thought she was supposed to be American. Does, oh, don't start that again. Right. Anyway, so TJ comes out to have a chat with her um, because he was going to be the best man, but it's kind of like he was her best man. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, she asked him to be our best man. Our best man. And then she gets a call from Derek. Yes. This Who we never see that she's supposed to be marrying. And Derek has asked Joyce Fisher... Yes. Old bandy legs. <laughs> she, she calls her. She calls, she calls Joyce Fisher old bandy legs, which is such... I just think that's an insult you wouldn't do now. No, right? no. <laughs> old Joyce Fisher, she's got rickets, old bandy legs. <laughs> yeah, Joyce Fisher, who he dumped her for in the sand pit. So this... I- Relationship goes back a long time. Yeah, yeah, and well, yeah. He kissed he kissed Joyce Fisher, bandy legs, yes. in the sandpit. She threw away his uncle Bulgaria pencil sharpener yes, as retaliation. Absolutely. Um, and then he asks her to be the maid of honor. Yeah, and but I'm she like, just chose a best man, so I guess that's quits. Yeah, I it's right. A weird suspend thing. disbelief because I suspended a lot of disbelief I mean, for mask. And another another um, I'll suspend disbelief. One I would want to ask your your opinion on. Um, the mums come into the restaurant. I was just going to say. TJ comes out and has a really moving scene with her yeah. where he says, you don't have to get married if you don't want to. And she says, you know what? I don't have to get married if I don't want to. And they agree that, you know. She doesn't have to get married if she doesn't want exactly. to. Exactly. Yes. I was moved. <laughs> <laughs> we all were. We all were. And then they go in and have a party in Spats. Yes. With a uh, one-man band. <laughs> one-man and a juggler. Yeah. <laughs> well, because part of the episode is also that they've got one of the guys, Vince, to organise the wedding and it's going to be a bit rough. But then it it's that sort of thing of it turns out all right in the end. Yeah, turns out all right. Everyone has a good laugh in his thing. But my question is, he knows he's going to put it in the burger bowl, which has a low ceiling. Why does he hire a juggler? Like, And this is a juggler with clubs. You're really thinking too far on that. I, I probably am. It the juggler just... was outside to start with, anyway. Then they all came in. Juggler and the one man band came in. Well, he shouldn't and have been And there's, a, in, there's another he? guy with him as well. And I think that might have been a clown. Who hires a clown for a wedding? Yeah, I think there was a clown. No, it was a mime. A mime. It is, yeah, I think it was I a mean, mime. That's, that, is that slightly better? No. No. Well, is maybe. It, a clown's better than mimes, or a mime's better? Or are they both just on that same level? For a wedding? <laughs> yeah. Hard to say. Neither. <laughs> Neither would be my first choice. Right. What were you going to say about the mums? I was going to say the mums come in um, and they basically are having arguments and they're they're trying to set this whole thing up where Derek's mum is like very, very posh and very well to do. Yes. And looks down on Debs' mum as being a bit of a cheapskate and down to earth. I thought Tebbs' mum was like quite glamorous as well. Yeah, it, both of them are incredibly well spoken, and the yeah. So the the fiance's mum is like trying to out posh the other mum, but they're yeah, both very glamorous, well spoken yeah. women. And Tebbs' mum is there, like, what's wrong with the scout hut? And you know, and 
at her his fiance's mum is like nothing if if you're unless you're a, nothing if you're a scout um <laughs> if you're cheap and this kind of stuff but then she put they're talking about invites and she pulls out this massive folded list of paper mm. and Debs's mum goes why not invite the cast of the flying foot doctor now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was quite a line that was a line i mean seems like a very specific pointed reference yeah the flying foot doctor i don't I don't think that's a real thing. No, but I don't know what it means <laughs> Well, <laughs> if it's not a real thing. Well, it's a joke, isn't it? Well, I, I get that conceptually it's a joke. I don't know why. I imagined it a cross between the flying nun and Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Right. Um, are you going to have to explain to me what the flying nun was? I don't know what it is. I've just heard of it. <laughs> it's like Hillman Imp to me. <laughs> They're just words why that go at the ends nuns? of jokes. What do you mean the fl- flying nun? Flying nun, yes. But why flying nun? Because it's a thing. I'm t- I'm saying to you, the flying nun is a thing. I right. don't know what sort of thing it is. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, this is going off the rails. Just pause the podcast while I Google it. Okay, all right. We'll be right back. The Flying Nun is an American sitcom starring Sally Field, and the description of it says... Strong winds cause Sister Bertrill to become airborne. I mean, I would watch that. We should watch that. I, I'd watch that from episode one, where it's just like, oh, it's a bit breezy today, Sister Bertrill. Ah! In- <laughs> and then just the, then just the credits roll, and it's da-da-da-da, the flying nun, da-da-da-da, the flying nun. And Sally Field, with an inflated cassock, Floating across various things like going, oh, look at that over there, and helping people out. Like, you know, someone's, some kid's balloon gets away and she grabs it from a tree and, you know, they throw a rock up to her and she ties it and goes back down to the kid. I think it should become a feature of this show <laughs> that you sing the theme tune <laughs> even when you haven't seen the television show <laughs> that we're talking about. You didn't previously believe the flying nun to be a thing and now you know the theme tune. Well, I mean, I'm just putting out there. This is what I would I would want the like flying one to be. Dennis Waterman, like because that's the thing. If they'd said right, <laughs> Sally Field plays Sister Betrayal, a nun who you know flies around on missionary work or solving mysteries, you know, like Father Brown but with a plane and Sally Field, right? <laughs> then that would make sense to me. But not strong winds cause her to become airborne, and that's a sitcom. Oh my god. Okay, we're currently watching. <laughs> Little just, I mean, YouTube clip, and basically that is a dummy in the shape of Sally Field tumbling through the air. That's incredible. I don't. I can't believe that you haven't heard of the flying. Nun. I've not heard of the flying nun. I I didn't I've know what it Blue was. Nun. I've heard. Of... But at least I'd heard of it, like Hillman Imp. <laughs> I... um, and just to clarify, the flying foot doctor. Not a thing. Not a thing. But I, <laughs> yeah. So that's a weird joke. <laughs> it's what you're picking up on one very passing reference. Yes, it's a weird joke, but as I say, I just accepted it. Yep. I mean, she also, in this same conversation, talked about using ripped-up bus tickets as confetti. Again, they're trying to say that one of the, the, the Debbie's mum is cheap, but she's she's not cheap. She's just a normal woman. Well, that's the thing. I mean, and now, now back in 1991, ripped-up bus tickets as confetti might be seen as terribly cheap, mm. but now people would go for that. Theme wedding. Theme wedding. She does actually say that it's environmentally friendly. She's ahead of her time. Oh, God, yeah, she is. She's saving the planet 30 years before anybody could be else but could be fucked. Oh, but amazing woman. Absolutely amazing. We're all on board with Debbie's mum. <laughs> 
But I think the most important thing I think I want to talk about about this wedding episode. Yes. Right. It raises a problem for me. Oh, God. A problem oh, with dear. Vince Powers. Yes. Because I wrote that name down. He should definitely be the American character from this with the name like Vince Powers. Mm-hmm. But he basically, Debbie calls off the wedding with Derek because... Um, she doesn't want to marry him. Doesn't want to marry him. Perfectly fair. Perfectly we do fair. learn he has a moustache. We do. <laughs> which may have something to do with it. What are you saying? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I should note that... Not only do I have a moustache, I have a full beard and have done for almost the entire time that Liz and I have been together. The few occasions on which I have shaven my beard and a moustache off, generally for things like a gig or for work, I've been subjected to... Why enough have you done that? Okay. What I will say now is that I like your beard. You should not shave your beard or moustache because you shouldn't. Because it freaks you out if I'm... If I'm I was going to say you have too much face. But... <laughs> I do have too much face. Anyway, I regard a moustache as a different thing to someone who has a moustache and beard. Right, yes. If someone said to me they have a beard, I very much assume they have a moustache with it, but I know that they are a beard person. If someone says to me they have a moustache, I assume they don't have a beard, and I think, oh dear. See, I, I, I... Know what you mean? I think very uncommon to have a beard and no moustache, and shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. It's a very Amish thing to do. But oh, okay. I'm so sorry. When I say shouldn't happen, I mean stylistically, it's not my preference. No. If culturally that's appropriate for you, I, that's I have make no judgment whatsoever. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the Amish that are joining tuning into our podcast. <laughs> How would you like me now? Would like to stay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but no, I know what you mean. Just just a moustache on its own then, it seems like a little bit of a... It's of a, a different thing to me. It's a different thing. Than a beard. Like, person. I think back to 91, my dad had a moustache and no beard. Right. But that was, I think, the time... Well, I don't want to make any aspersions th- on your dad. Derek, Derek, I'm picturing like a pencil-thin moustache. Are you? Uh, yeah, I am. I don't know why, but I'm picturing like a very thin moustache. Like he's a bit shifty. He can't be trusted. Oh, see, I I was picturing him as very attractive, well, which out, is why I was disappointed he never turned up in the episode. <laughs> as it turns out, he can't be trusted because he gets drunk, sits in a fountain eating at Vindaloo, and then runs off with Joyce Fisher. Oh, bandy legs. Oh, bandy legs. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Derek, you bastard. You'll never find a girl prettier than Debbie. I think she is just 90s cute. She's just adorable. Yeah. Adorable. I mean, she, she has this whole thing. She has this speech with TJ, and then TJ goes... She's like, I know I've let everyone down. Tisha doesn't go, no, you haven't. And it's only after that he goes, suppose I should tell you, you're ready for this? Derek didn't show up either. He ran up with Joyce Fisher. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, you know, I think is, is, you know, it's... And then the humorous ending was a big reveal when we learn that Jim Trot of... Uh, Frank's Furters. Frank's Furters is Vince Power's dad. Yeah. And... Uh, Wheels his cart into spats. The whole thing has been a whole... Uh, yeah, and he nicks all of Vince's money. But that, scam. That brings me back to what I wanted, to, what I was initially talking about when we started talking about this wedding, is Vince... Yeah. The wedding gets called off partway through the episode. Vince takes it upon himself to convince Debbie that she should marry Derek just so he can keep 200 quid. That was a lot of money back then. But it's 200 quid that he's going to spend on vendors. So really, he's not going to keep much at all. But he doesn't spend anything on vendors because he convinces the guy to let him hold it in spats for free. And then we don't know, but he's getting his dad to cater it. Yeah. 
But so he's not going to spend the two hundred quid so, on anything. So, so he is tricky. He is and mentally the, abusing his friend of yes. several years now yeah, yeah. into a sham wedding that she doesn't want to go through with for the sake of two hundred pounds. I think you'll find if you journey back into television that's thirty years old. Mental and emotional abuse is practically a uh, given. I mean, it was the bedrock of like EastEnders and Coronation Street there. Every every show, yeah, kids TV, adult TV, everything, <laughs> because there was no uh, no comeback on it. It was just like, well, that's what that's what they do, you know. Well, they were a bad character. Don't just get on with it. There yeah. was, it was there was no. You can't say that. You can't do that. They they did. They did it. <laughs> that's why we've all grown up uh, anxious and depressed. That's it. That is it. It's, we all think we're going to be emotionally abused at every turn. It's it schemes like Vince Powers. It's Vince Powers who's, who's made me the way I am. <laughs> even though I didn't even remember that character. Um, I loved this show. I thought it was great. I, was abs- I thought it was really a really good funny show. I mean, we talked before about this being like, you know, a sitcom when there weren't really many out-and-out sitcoms for, for kids. I, I think there have never been enough sitcoms for kids. No. Because... When you think of um, kids' TV shows, lots of cartoons, plenty of those, mm-hmm. um, things with presenters. But in terms of acting and comedy, there's never been enough because kids like to laugh. Yeah. Why wouldn't you make that? I mean, think of how successful Horrible Histories has been. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily um, a sitcom. It's more, I guess, sketch-like in that it goes to different places but people kids love to laugh and i think they like to see real people who are adults even if they're quite young to adults to them um messing about and doing stupid things yeah and i think that's what kind of sets this apart from other like there are other things i can think of which were comedies like mike and angelo and harry's mad and stuff like that but these are things centered around kids and mm-hmm. like woof as well these are like centered on kids yes um, yeah Rather than actually, yeah, these are adults. Although they're teenagers, yeah. they are definitively older than the people who are watching CITV at the time. Yeah, and I was—I don't know when I saw this because, as I say, I was like a toddler when this was first on. I have no idea when I managed to watch it, but I must have been quite a lot younger. But I can imagine kids who are just that little bit younger, where this is just a sort of a step ahead of them, mm. enjoying it because you're kind of looking just slightly ahead. You're always you know, looking at older kids, thinking what are they like and what are they up to. I think it's just absolutely perfect. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good show. I really enjoyed it. It was really funny, really funny, and actually really well written. A lot of really good writing in this. Is there anything else you want to mention about it? There are only a couple of little things. Come on, tell me um, a Okay, okay, then. right. Um, <laughs> it's, there is, uh, in the first episode, Mrs. Frappinelli comes in and I think uh, Stanley, I think she's chatting to Stanley yeah. and Stanley goes, uh, oh, I, um, no, TJ goes to her, I-, I love your sweater. And she's like, oh, thank you. Like, she's wearing a full coat over this thing. You can't see it at all. I wanted to bring up Frappanelli's sweater because... When she does take the coat off. When she does take the, the coat off. It's hideous. Oh. It is. It's like one of those Christmas bad, ugly sweater competitions. <laughs> but they, they make a point. Two characters praise her sweater. And it is sequins on, I believe, knitwear, which is so 90s. It just slapped me in the face <laughs> and said, do you remember this? And I didn't. And now I'm like, wow, sequins on knitwear. That was a thing. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, this is what we're not... And, in, and not like sequins like you might get now, like randomly spaced, just looking all organic, like in the shape of stars and bands. Yep. It is garish. It <laughs> slaps you in the face. It is horrendous. I mean, yeah, when all these when all these kids come in, um, I say kids, when all these young adults come in to start work, and they're all wearing 90s clothes. They could not be more 90s. I mean, Vince is wearing like a leather biker jacket yep. um, and jeans. Someone else is wearing that that standard like windbreaker style top that pulled over your head and had a zip part way up. And it was like back, it was like four different block colors. Like the, the block colors. Top. The block yeah, color. Like, yeah. you know, the thing I'm talking about, know, like that block color top. Um, someone else, you know, there were stonewashed jeans. Mm-hmm. There were like, you know, baggy like t-shirts. There were, you know, it looked like everyone had just like basically gone through CNA and gone, right. Peak nineties. Grab that, grab that, grab that, grab that, grab that. All of it. It was, but that was cool. Yeah, you know? yeah, it that was, was cool. It was. I mean, I think there's only one other thing that really stuck out of me in in that first episode when they're looking for the snake. TJ and um, uh, the other his boss. I can't remember her name. Harriet, not Harriet. Jennifer Calvert. Jennifer Calvert. I can't remember. Yeah, that, that's the, the actress's name. name. I don't know the actress. Yeah, TJ um, and Jennifer Calvert. They start stamping their feet in the kitchen. And clearly, then the line when sort of Mrs. Frappinelli notices and the cover is, oh, got to make sure there's good floors in these restaurants. Right, that's a cover, but why are you stamping your feet in the first place? It's a proven method for finding a snake. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Do you want me to Google it now? Sure, yeah. I'll just um, just get rid of this flying nun stuff <laughs> that you didn't know about. No, no, leave, leave that in another tab. Okay, okay. <laughs> Go back and watch that. No, I have no idea why they're stamping their yeah, feet. Yeah, I, I don't know. That just that just confused it's, me. It, that's what you do for earthworms, isn't it? Yes, I think that you do stamp it. It's just like treat the snake like a big earthworm. Yeah. Like you pour water on the ground and then you stamp your feet and it simulates yeah, they, rain they and they, they all come, come up. up to the surface. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know why you couldn't figure that out. Oh, I was, yeah, just that's just me being, yeah, being, um, being, yeah, being stupid, being dense. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. I mean, one other thing. How are you going to find a, a snake in a fast food restaurant? I don't know. Yeah. Stab your feet, don't you? I, I'm just going to have to get get some mice out and yeah. try and entice it. Um, <laughs> or look on any surface. They go looking for this snake. This snake is not hiding. It's massive. At all. It's, it's a python called so... Monty. <laughs> Which is another joke. Great little joke. Great little joke. That Miling's character goes, Oh, Monty Python. I love that TV program. And Stanley goes, What TV program? Yeah. <laughs> Stanley's amazing. It's a great, stupid um, joke. Yeah, massive great snake. And it is literally everywhere. It's on shelves. I don't know how they managed to get that snake to do those things. It's on the tills. It's, I was half expecting a crewman's hand just to be there, like guiding it along. <laughs> It is a real snake. It's not a uh, no. Puppet. Yeah, it's a real python coming yeah, through. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the show. Are you can ask me the question. I am going to ask you the question, Liz. Does it hold up? How do you like me now? I absolutely loved it. I think you know what I'm going to say, and what I'm going to say is everybody should watch Spats. You should have watched it then. You yeah, sure as hell have got to watch it now. I loved it. I'm I'm going to go and watch all of it <laughs> after the Flying Nun. Obviously. Well, that- <laughs> That's good. You can watch that. Um, I'll watch The Flying Nun. Okay, um, cool. <laughs> I know. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I thought it was really good and well due a comeback. Yes. Um, 
all I, all of the actors were great. Yeah, I they can't were. believe that some of these I haven't seen more of. I really, I thought they were fantastic. I'm gonna look all of them up. Yep. And I just, I thought it was a great show. Absolutely fantastic show. Well, um, that brings us to the end of uh, episode four and spats. So it'll be your choice. It's my next choice time. next. Um, now, do you already know? I do. I do know what we're gonna oh, we're gonna okay. do. We're gonna do something a little bit different. Um, we oh, no. are going to watch something that I absolutely loved, and I specifically remember watching as a very, very small person. Um, and it is the claymation classic, The Trap Door. Okay. Now, have you ever seen The Trap Door? I don't think so. Well, I think this is going to be a good one then for you to watch. Okay. So that's what we're going to be doing next episode. Um, but Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, reintroducing me to Spats. My pleasure, really. <laughs> And uh, we will see you next time. This is a Standard Nerds podcast.